there. Welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out your wings. And slither in place. Because this is Snakebird. Hey, welcome listeners to another exciting episode of the Snakebird Podcast. Today we are discussing a topic that we believe affects a good portion of people today, and that is organized religion. Yeah, this has become a very popular term today, and it's kind of a buzzword that uh, it almost insinuates like a, um, a corrupted system, you might say. That's what I think a lot of people are saying when they say organized religion. Um, they'll often look at um, corruption or uh, money scams and just negative things, and I think mostly people just don't like the idea of an establishment that's telling them what to do. And I think a lot of times that's what um, I've heard people say is uh, organized religion. And we're going to look at that term today and what it is and isn't. Yeah, when you say it out loud, I almost get that icky, like visceral effect where it just doesn't feel quite right. Yeah, it's really become kind of a landmark. And and when you hear it, you're like, it's one of those things. So anyway, it's it's become a... um, kind of a stumbling block, I would say, that uh, people throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. And uh, it's a blanket statement that I believe hijacks how people look at God. So why don't we just dive right into this and go to the old Webster's Dictionary to define organized religion? That sounds great. Okay, so Webster says... That organized religion is a belief system that has large numbers of followers and a set of rules that must be followed. Wow. So that is the Webster's definition of organized religion. And just right out of the gate, if this definition is correct, um, then I just want to say Christianity is not that. Good, because I was going to say, well, the premise of our show might sound controversial because a lot of people could be like, isn't Christianity an organized religion? Yeah, and we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. (laughs) But if I were to rearrange that definition to fit what Christianity is, I would say Christianity is a surrender to God through Jesus that leads to freedom. Mm -hmm. You see, the Webster's definition, organized religion, it honestly, it puts you in chains while knowing Jesus frees you from them. Oh, wow. Uh, Galatians 5, 1 says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. And that verse, I mean, that's really surrounding this entire topic because one is slavery and the other one is freedom. Yeah. So um, to the one who would say, But your Bible does have rules that you're supposed to follow, kind of like you said. Aren't we an organized religion? Um, And I get that an outsider might look at it from that angle, but the truth is um, those rules are nothing more than tools we discover along our way that help us finish strong. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of hard to describe to someone that hasn't experienced it. Yeah, especially if you have a distorted view of what the Bible or who God is Yeah, from your time growing up or time spent in any type of church, it yeah. can be skewed. Yeah, and someone might even think, well, that was a flowery way for you to you know, spice that up. But it's true. It really is. And so another term I like to use when talking about organized religion is the God box. And I don't know if that's a popular term or not. That's just one that I use. 
Um, but the idea behind the God box is that you design a system in which there is an answer for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you have God figured out, basically. You leave little to no room for questions. Um, oftentimes, the believers tend to be controlled to the point of fear in many cases. And it's basically a box of rules that must be followed as the membership fee, which sounds exactly like the Webster's definition that we read. Yeah, that sounds really scary. Yeah. And it's likely the God box that people are referring to when they say, you know, I'm a believer. Don't get me wrong. I believe I'm just not about organized religion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of the time, I think when people say that, they're referring to the God box. Or, you know, what that that idea is. But um, the Bible, the, here's the thing. The Bible does teach us as Christians to meet together, to worship together, hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. So we do have this type of organized assembly, you might say. But it's very important that we see why that's not organized religion. So let's see why people even create the God box. Um I think the most obvious reason would be for control, um, like a cult. But I think most people know a cult when they see one. I, I think one of the most common forms of the God box is created accidentally, I think, in well-meaning churches. And a term for this is legalism. Mm. And this can creep in in any church. And it's something that we have to watch out for. It can creep into almost every church yeah, in any, one way or another. Yeah, in an in, in individual as well. Yeah, because I was thinking sometimes the church doesn't even have that scope, but it's the individual that puts themselves under the legalism. That's true, yeah. Yeah, legalism can sneak. It's sneaky. It, it can is. sneak in in, in a few different forms. Yeah. but And I want to honestly tread this next topic very carefully because it can be misunderstood. But the God box, in short, I believe, is the reason we have so many denominations in Christianity. Yeah, and this can be misunderstood, so bear with me for a minute here. I have nothing against setting boundaries around truths that you've discovered in God's Word which that is what denominations do. You discover truths in God's word and you you say, hey, this is what we believe. We're putting perimeters around. There's just nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But when those boundaries separate Christians from each other, you start to see the early stages of organized religion, Wow. I believe. And there's a few different ways that that can happen. Now, let me say this before we move too far forward. Because I was thinking about denominations, and one of my favorite things that somebody's ever said is that, you know, we're not going to get to heaven and have it segregated by Baptist or Methodist or Lutheran or non-denominational or, or, you know, um, (laughs) the the free evangelists or the four four square gospels. I I just, I think about um, the fact that every denomination exists for a reason because people worship in different uh, manner. Some people love more Orthodox Church. Some people love more, um, maybe more Pentecostal, more freestyle. But it is sad when you see that the legalism is actually what's dictating the the division at times. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Do you have an example? Yeah, well, um, right off the top of my head, I would first and foremost go to like a Seventh-day Adventist church. And Again, if you're Seventh-day Adventist, we don't want to step on any toes. It's just more often than not, we've seen that 
the legalism that's involved there is saying we have to worship on a certain day. And now I've met some Seventh-day Adventists that don't have that, that viewpoint, but I've met several stringent ones that say you have to go to church on Saturday versus going to church on Sunday. And there was a time, honestly, where I wanted to start church on Tuesday night at like one in the morning. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be in like Portland to do it or something. But yeah. I just, because it, it's like, um, it's like the guy that has to take his hat off at church to, to pray. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's no, there's no problem with showing reverence to God. Yeah. But God still hears your prayer if your hat's on. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't look down on you and say, that's wrong. Whereas I know your mom might have whacked the back of your head if you'd had your hat on as a child in church. But legalism is, a, it, like you said, it's a very sneaky thing and it comes in all forms. And Satan a lot of times uses that as a tool to trip us up. Because the longer we've been in church or organized religion, quote unquote, the more susceptible we are to it. Yeah, that is that is true. And like like I said, there's nothing wrong with setting boundaries for yourself. You stumble, well, maybe stumble's not the right word, but you discover these truths in God's word in your personal life and you set boundaries, but it's it's when it separates you from other Christians. When you are so bent on that, this is the only way everyone should do it, mm. that that type of legalism really creeps in. Yeah, I mean, even think about when you when you talk about division in churches, I love what Augustine said. And he said, in the essentials, unity. In the non-essentials, liberty. But in all things, charity. There it is. That's good. I mean, he, he knew because he argued with people about what, you know, they went tooth and nail about some of these things. And, and some of them never got resolved, even with his peer-to-peer uh, -peer, uh, discussions. But he saw that these things weren't worth losing a brother or a sister over. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's really good to see that people are taking God's word so seriously that they are drawing lines in the sand. But... It's that balance of, is this a hill I'm willing to die on? What is, at what cost, you know? And how essential is this that we're arguing over? Mm -hmm. um, and, and sometimes it is very essential. Let me give some, some real examples of how this comes about, how brothers and sisters might get separated. I'm going to read um, a couple scriptures here. The first one is First Peter 3, 20 through 21. To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, in it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you. Okay, so you heard that right there. Baptism now saves you. I'm going to read now Romans 10:9. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So we have two scriptures here. One says baptism saves you and the other one says declaring with your mouth and believing in your heart saves you. Now, if each of these verses were broken down within their context, it would not be difficult to harmonize them to mean exactly what they're supposed to mean. 
But what has happened is different groups of people have attached themselves to one of these verses without harmonizing the other, and they built their theology around that idea. And the sad thing is they'll often consider the other brothers and sisters enemies if they don't get into their box of thinking. Wow. Yeah. And so that's one of the ways that at at first it's pure motives in taking God's word seriously, but then they neglect their spiritual family because they gravitate towards one verse over another when mm-hmm. they need to be harmonized. Yeah. And so that's one way that, um, like you said, oh, how did you put it? It dictates, uh, legalism dictates the division. Mm-hmm. That's how you said it. And that's one of the ways that legalism can dictate the division. Yeah. God gave us the whole Bible for a reason. Yeah. You know, and and we have to be snake birds because there's a lot of Bible food that has to happen as you divide these things and work them out in your heart. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's important to take it seriously, but even more importantly, work through it in a heart of love with your brothers and sisters and remain unified afterwards. So one more that I'll just point out here um, is... In that, the, the one on baptism, that's going to be a podcast in itself. Yeah. And this next one is also going to be a podcast in itself. But okay. I'm just bringing them up real quick. I say let her rip. Yeah. So <laughs> this one, it's once saved, always saved. Oh, goodness. Um, John 10, 27 through 30 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Mm-hmm. Great verse. That's pretty pretty clear. Now, let's read Hebrews 10.26. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have rejected the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. That's also talking about a believer. Now, believe it or not, these verses do not contradict themselves. And after a real good study, that is, you you will be able to see that. Because some of these take um, a little more effort than mm-hmm. others. Yeah. And that's where you'll see the divisions get even harder between Christian brothers and sisters, denominations. Is I mean, they're taking it so seriously, and that's good, but... There's a balance to be had with this stuff. Um, just like with baptism, people will gravitate toward one idea without the other, and they build a system that becomes unbalanced. Well, it, that's, that's, what the, that's what the God box is. Yeah. It's taking a part of what God is or, or what God's Word says and cutting it off and then making it fit what you believe. Yeah. And you you lose part of His essence. You lose part of His... Um, his wholeness, his infallibleness, you lose part of who he is completely and you make it fit what you believe. So when you start to put God in a nice tidy box and you've got him all figured out and ready to present to your congregation and, and you understand everything, you have taken faith completely out of mm-hmm. the equation most of the times, mm-hmm. I think. And... God didn't design us to know everything that he knows. He didn't design us to have everything in a nice, tidy little box. He knows there's gray areas. He knows that we're all different. We're all wired different. We all have different fingerprints. 
And I believe that we all have different fingerprints emotionally, Mm. uh, you know, all of that. And so I think that that you try to tidy it up too much and, and you start trying to become God. Well, and here's the crazy thing is once you start doing it, who's to say where the line to stop is? Because then you can take it to the extreme. Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of the Jefferson Bible? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, Thomas Jefferson, he loved who Jesus was as a moralist. He loved le- learning about the morals of Jesus, but he didn't like any of the other things. He didn't believe in Holy Spirit movements. He didn't believe in the miracles. And so he took literally um, glue and scissors and paper to the Bible and cut out the parts of the Gospels that he liked. And he ended it with Jesus was buried in a tomb of a wealthy man. That was the last verse of the Thomas Jefferson Bible. No resurrection, no hope for life, eternal life, no power afterward. And all of a sudden, he put God in a tiny box. I mean, yeah. the smallest box you could think of. Yeah. And, and he took it to the extreme. Yeah. That's, you know, people... They like to see, they, they see what they want mm-hmm. a lot of times. And that's a very dangerous thing to do when it comes to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so one takeaway point from this, and, and a big one, I, I think, is organized religion. It segregates believers. Mm. Freedom through Christ unifies believers. Paul says in Romans 14, 4 through 5, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master, he stands or falls. And I love this part right here. And he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Mm. One man regards a certain day above the others, while someone else considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And the two key parts of that, those verses there is the Lord is able to make him stand and each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Mm. So you got to have a clean conscience checked against God's word. Yes. And while you're doing that, you got to be unified with your brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. We're not meant to be separated. No. So I would encourage you, listener, be strong in what God has revealed to you. Don't shrink back from it. Grow in it. And don't confuse organized religion with assembling together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Hmm. Colossians three thirteen through 15 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all... Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And I think that says it all right there. Clothe yourselves in love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Yeah, if you're walking in love, it is really hard to walk in dissidence of one another or lasciviousness. um, All the things that would say division. Yeah, so true. So, you know, the next time you hear organized religion. I'm a believer. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not about organized religion. You can say me neither, but make sure you recognize the fact that a relationship with Jesus is not organized religion. Yeah. While we may meet together 
and you call that organized all you want, but it's much different than that term that people kind of scowl at. Well, religion as a whole is just, especially organized religion, it's a scary thing. Yeah. Uh, A.W. Tozer said this, most men indeed play at religion as they play at games. Religion itself being of all games, the one most universally played. He's talking about how religion differs from a relationship. And, you know, we we can compare and contrast um, because religion will say, I obey, therefore I'm accepted. Whereas relationship says, I'm accepted, therefore I obey. Yeah. You know, God accepts me fully, like faults and all. And then he accepts me no matter what I've done. So now, because of that, I obey what he says I'm to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said earlier, a lot of times uh, people look at those rules as, as a bad thing that we follow to get our admission. And that's not it. No. They're not. It's They are tools we discover along our way that help us finish strong. And guardrails. Yeah. They're ones to help us not fall off the path and just go completely off the road. Exactly. If it's a sign that says poison, it's there for our good. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, so we talked about, you know, acceptance. Well, in religion, your motivation is based on fear and insecurity because you have to follow these certain set of rules or else this is going to happen. Whereas with God and with the relationship with Jesus, your motivation is based on just being grateful for everything he's done. Yeah. Because you just walk in his victory. You walk in what he's accomplished. And that's the real thing that separates the truth from everything else is we're resting in what he's done. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not pushing all of the stuff that we are doing. Yeah, amen. Because then religion says, well, I have to do all these things in order to get something from God. Yeah. Like I have to stay and I have to fall in line in order to get my just rewards. Yeah. Where a relationship says, I get to obey God just to enjoy him. I get Jesus. You know, so many people think that our reward for being a Christian is heaven. No, heaven's just our destination. Our reward is Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what we get, you know, for walking in this life. And and he's already with us. And so we just, we continue pushing up. Yeah. We continue walking forward. Uh, the more that we you grow in the Lord and you mature and you start to understand the mercy, the grace, the gift that salvation is that we can enjoy even here and now. Yeah. I mean, the more it just breaks you down in gratefulness. Yeah. It, it's really incredible. The older I get, the more I see it. And I still don't see hardly any of it, you know, because mm. I'm human. Yeah. But the more I see it, the more it just baffles me that I have it. Yeah. It's just to anybody who's stuck in religion right now, I just, it breaks my heart because it's such a bondaged situation where you feel like you have to perform in order to be accepted and you have to um, walk in a certain way in order to feel like you're headed the right path. Whereas grace and freedom is exactly that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and there's liberty and he breaks every chain. It's not just a great worship song. It's really scripture. It's verses. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's more um, misunderstood than I think people realize. I think that this, this is a big deal how people um, 
kind of pile organized religion into this idea of God. It's really hijacked how people look at God. Yeah. And, you know, the sad thing is it's a cliche yeah. because everybody's like, well, we don't want religion. We want a relationship. And and you know what the, the thing about cliches are is that they're true. That's why they're called a cliche because you say <laughs> them so much because they're true. And we do not want what the world defines as religion. Now, James says here is pure religion is that is to take care of widows and orphans. You know, that's the only type of religion that we really want that's coming from um, a biblical standpoint. Other than that, we just want to be followers of God. Jesus never said you have to join a church that has a certain denomination. What he said is get together with believers. He said, don't forsake that. And then he said, follow me. And even then, the first church wasn't called a church. It was called the way. Mm -hmm. It was like, are you coming this way? Because it was all going after the Lord. Yeah, it's so true. And, and if you're listening to this and you have, man, you have had some bad experiences with organized religion. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I really am. Um, I have too. I think a lot of people have. And I would encourage you, get to know Jesus. Get a personal relationship with Jesus. Don't don't get involved with organized religion, trying to do more rules to get you closer to this idea that you have, because it's not going to work, and that's what organized religion is. Let God take you to those points that you're wondering about. The, first, the only thing you got to do is come to Him, and we would encourage you to do that. Yes, and and find a church that, that encourages that type of growth as well. If you go into a church and they're putting a lot of trips on you and a lot of legalistic viewpoints on you, then I would encourage you double check if you're supposed to be there because you what you should be finding at church is freedom yeah. and joy and life and not um, more and more bondage. Yeah, and that's not to say that, that you shouldn't be able to see works but like Josh said, you should have freedom when you go. You should feel joy, acceptance, freedom, all of that. So, um, man, search that out if you've had a bad experience with organized religion. We really encourage that. We even have a tab on our website that says, No God, if you mm -hmm. don't. Um, and, and if you want um, some more clarification in any of this or advice on where to go from where you're at, if you've been dealing with this, reach out to us. Mm. Um We'll we'll get back to you if you email us or uh, just get a get a hold of us. We'd love to to walk you through that. Absolutely, this is a community, and we're all on this journey together. And that's what it's all about: being a snake bird. Is you're not by yourself. We are walking hand in hand, arm in arm, um, together as a community. And so please uh, reach out. You can uh, contact us through Facebook. You can send us an email. Um, you can go to our website, which is beasnakebird.com, and there is a connect tab, and click on that, and um, you can follow the links either to email us or, again, um, find our Facebook. We, we always um, cherish any type of comments that you send in, and that'd be great. Yeah, that says it. And don't forget, guys, if this episode has benefited you, this podcast has benefited you, Chances are it will someone else too. So share us with your friends, whether that be on social media, Facebook, whatever. And uh, one way that you can help get the Snakebird podcast out there is to give us a good review. Um, we encourage you to do that if we have benefited you. 
here. Please, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and share us um, on your social media or share us with your friends. That'd be fantastic as well. So, uh, in the spirit of having a relationship with God and with Jesus, always remember, whatever you do, and wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, there's never been a better time to know Jesus. And be a, a snake bird. bird.